let's take a look here at, uh, well, shift gears and take a look at what's going on in energies. Matt Smith is joining us this morning. He's the lead oil analyst at America's, uh, for America's at Kipler. Malcolm, <laughs> welcome, Matt. I'm having a hard time getting my words out this morning. Um, seems for financial markets and the indices for that matter, the focus this week is primarily on the Fed and uh, the eco data, but for energies, it's squarely on talks surrounding the possibility of an EU embargo on Russian oil. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. So what we've got with Russia is last week we really saw the anti-ups by them because they cut off natural gas flows into Bulgaria and into Poland. And so with that happening, that's really just uh, escalating things here, highlighting to Europe that they just simply cannot rely on Russia uh, for steady supplies. And so now you've got Germany looking like they are considering uh, some type of embargo. Now that is going to be on like a gradual basis. There's also a little bit of pushback from Hungary as well. But the key thing is that the market here is adjusting to the expectation or Europe is adjusting to the expectation that they are going to have to pivot away from Russia. Matt, where do they make up for that loss? I mean, we know that the U.S. has tried to help in terms of easing some of those pressures, but uh, where is that uh, ultimately supplemented? Everywhere and anywhere, to be honest, okay. Ben. So we're going to be seeing, oh, and we already are seeing U.S. exports increasing incrementally in, into Europe, but by no means are they able to offset everything. So we're going to be, uh, we're already seeing North Sea crude uh, moving into some countries uh, to, to backstop uh, where they have pulled back on importing Urals. At the same time, too, you're going to have Middle East barrels specifically from Saudi Arabia. We're starting to see that picking up, too. So it's going to have to be a real cobbled together effort to replace, you know, a couple of million barrels a day if uh, they do take uh, that Russian supply off the market there. So, yeah, it, it's going to be a tough ask, really. Yeah, and this comes, uh, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, but already amidst a tight market in terms of supplies, I've seen U.S. production for the most part, which has been uh, declining. We noted from, I think it was the EIA, they said the crude oil production actually dipped. Uh, that was in February to an average of 11.31 million uh, barrels per day. We're talking about a decline of some 457,000 barrels per day from November of 2021 levels. What's the latest in terms of U.S. production? Yeah, sure. So, Ben, we, we, we saw freeze-offs, and so that hit that January number. And then in, in February, too, you're seeing it down, as you mentioned there, 11.3, when the market on the weekly basis was expecting that production was much higher. So now we are higher than that, you know, but we're a number of months along the line. You know, that monthly data is very much lagged. And so we're, we're pushing sort of 11.8 million barrels a day, something like that. But we really need the U.S. to be stepping up because no one really else is in terms of the production side of things. And so we need that increase to be coming through. We are seeing sort of an incremental 100,000 barrels a day coming in each month from U.S. production, predominantly from the Permian. We should expect that going forward here. But if we're going to see Russian barrels really coming off the market and production is dropping there, uh, even though their exports are, have been stronger, uh, we should just we're going to need to have more barrels simply come to the market as demand is rebounding too let's not forget because of uh, exiting the pandemic here how about uh speaking of the pandemic demand out of china well we <laughs> i was thinking as i said that there's the, the one caveat is with china and you know giant chinese lockdowns because they've been so widespread we think that the demand there has been hit by about a million barrels mm. per day 
Now that's going to be a transitory, a temporary thing, but that's a huge amount, right? But but that's the big numbers that you're talking about in terms of people being locked down there. So that's really why we're seeing a bit of hesitancy in the oil price here to be to be not rallying further. Uh, at the same time, too, as well as I mentioned with Russia, Russian production has been dropping off, but their exports have been increasing simply because there is the market there. You know, Europe has not put sanctions in place yet, so they're still willing to buy that cruise. At the same time, too, we have seen uh, Russia going through refinery maintenance, which has also freed up more barrels. And so the kind of combination of those two factors with more from Russia than expected and the uh, lockdowns in China has meant the prices have been somewhat suppressed. Uh, but that's not something we should expect, you know, for the, for the duration of the summer here. Matt, talk to us about uh, all of this as we head into the summer driving trends, the season. I watched Arbob yesterday, gasoline futures spiking, seemed to lead the way in many ways to the upside. AAA reporting prices at the pump are up from a week ago. Uh, I think it was 419, almost uh, a buck 30 above where they were this time last year. Uh, the EPA plans to lift some of the waivers I've been seeing on the summer blends of gasoline. But uh, where does this uh, leave us in terms of uh, prices at the pump as we head into this crucial time uh, on a yearly basis? Yeah, absolutely, Ben. So you're right there. We're about $4.20 on the national average there. As oil prices rebounded back above 100 bucks, you're seeing that rebound in prices at the pump. And so we should see them continuing to push on from here. One really interesting element, though, has been from the diesel side of things. So while gasoline has pulled back from that record, diesel prices today at the pump are hitting a record of $5.37 on the national average. And so while the gasoline side of things is relatively well supplied, diesel inventories are at their lowest since 2008. Had one inventories for diesel uh, distillates are like their lowest since 1996. And so... That, that's a real concern in terms of the diesel price increasing. But at the same time, too, because of the crack spreads, the refining margins involved because of these high prices, these refiners are encouraged to run as strong as possible. And so that may be the saving grace for the gasoline side of things that we see more coming to market than we otherwise would have done because of such strong crack spreads. Uh, Matt, lastly, the latest in terms of natural gas, uh, obviously a big part of the Russia-Ukraine discussion, and oftentimes we see a little bit of differential between what's going on here in the U.S. versus what's playing out in Europe, but uh, uh, the latest. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so we did see LNG exports on the aggregate pulling back a little bit in the U.S. there to finish up April, but the, the biggest chunk of them, the vast majority, is still heading towards Europe to help out there as you would expect. And so we're going to be seeing that going forward here. But in terms of just domestic outlook, you know, we've got uh, storage is like down 21% versus the five-year average, uh, or, or, you know, around 20% versus five-year average versus last year. And at the same time, too, the outlooks as well are looking warmer than normal for the eastern part of the U.S. And so that's going to be driving on some early uh, cooling demands. And so the, the, the domestic fundamentals are fairly supportive. And then you have that kicker in terms of LNG exports, which are only going to be maxed out as much as possible here going forward through the summer as it's pulled into Europe. So, yeah, that's going to remain constructive, you would think. Okay, well, that uh, means a complex situation only becomes more and more complex as we head into 
uh, the late spring, summer months here in terms of some of those conditions on the East Coast, as you mentioned, bring them a little bit more towards the Midwest. We've been kind of chilly and rainy and cold and cloudy. We haven't really broken into a, a nice spring pattern yet. So, Matt, appreciate you joining us here to talk energies this morning. It's a major consideration when we're talking about the Fed, rates on the rise, inflationary pressures ultimately, and it's always good to have you with us. Matt Smith, the lead oil analyst for America's at Kepler.